Yeah, let's talk about the bigger picture. Uh-huh. Let's talk about how we be ballin', playing yeah, with the yeah, Wizards. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Nats and how they always got good pitches. Jeez. Let's talk about the Cats, how rescue turn them boys to winners. Uh-huh. Injuries and updates, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the opponent, we can toe to toe, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the top, this podcast gonna go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's something you should know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good evening, everyone. This is Nathan from Ref the District. I'm here with Steve from the Command This podcast. We're going to get to the sports in in just a moment. We know that you come to us for entertainment, for sports takes, uh, and sometimes, you know, really to get away from, you know, real life for just a little bit. But we wanted to address the shooting that happened in Texas uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad. He's, he's got Steve, you got three boys yourself. Yes, sir. Three boys. And so, you know, this, these situations, they really hit home for us because, you know, we had to send our, our boys to, to school today with armed guards and, you know, active shooter, uh, situation in mind. And, and so this is really us just kind of pleading, you know, we're not, I don't know how, to solve it. You know, I don't have all the answers. I don't even have all the answers for sports. And I watch, you know, these, these guys play, you know, you know, endlessly, but uh, something needs to be done. You know, the new England journal of health, Steve, I don't know if you know this, they actually list uh, guns as the leading cause for children's deaths over car Mm. accidents, over everything like that. So whatever the answer is, I know there's, I know there's a lot of schools of thoughts on it. We just want to see some sort of, action being done for that and we wanted to send our condolences to the families who didn't get to hug their little ones coming back from school so steve you got anything to add to that yeah just same thing like you said nathan um first off thanks for having me and and you know the 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 answer can't be nothing not nothing sorry for the double negative i don't know what the answer is like you but it can't be nothing so yeah um just it three set of my three boys to school today. It's same, same sentiments as you. It's, it's tough. And you never want to see that kids shouldn't have to go through that. They shouldn't have to be afraid in, the, in their learning environment. So yeah. Um, God bless everybody who had to, is enduring this right now. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I know you come here for the sports, so we're going to get to that right now here on ref the district. Greetings and salutations. Again, I'm Nathan Perry here with Ref the District. We appreciate those who stuck around for that kind of segue that for you know addressing the situation. We do have a good show for everybody. As uh, you saw, we're going to bring in Steve from the Command This podcast. He is our stoner stand-in, our temporary Trev, as both of those two are out. As you can see, I actually don't have, for those who are watching on live on YouTube, I'm not in my normal location, so I'm on location today. Stoner was unable to get uh, a quality connection as he's island hopping still over there with his family. And Trev took on a job to make sure that he is set up because I don't know if you follow him on on Twitter. I don't want to give up too much, but he's been putting it on Twitter. He is about to become a business owner. So we're really proud of Trev. And so he's been making sure things are set up for that. So uh, that's why they are out. They will be back. Tanner, uh, hi to you. We've got a good show for you here. We live stream 
every Wednesday at 7.30 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And then it goes out to all of your favorite audio platforms. So you can listen to us on the go wherever podcasts are found. We are sponsored by Pacers Running. For every run, check them out. They're going to have some good shoes for you. You're going to see your boy get a little bit more trim as I got a, I, I weighed in at a medical appointment just this week at 265. And yeah, I'm, I'm about six foot four, but that's a little bit heavier than I want to be. So Pacers running going to get me there with the right pair of shoes. And without further ado, let's bring on Steve from the command this podcast. Steve, thank you for joining us and, uh, and talking some commanders football. Hey, what's up, Nathan? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. I don't know if I can fill, you know, Big Trev in, in Stoner's shoes, but you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll do my best. You're going to be just fine. If you have not had the opportunity yet, make sure you go out to the command this. They were the Washington Football Addicts recently rebranded. And uh, so they they have some good content out there. And Steve has been a longtime friend of the channel. Happy to have you out here. Shout out to P-Dub, Kenneth, Gus Bus, and Doug Ford with Tanner all in the chat as well. Tanner's telling me, I got to, I got to. Or he's saying, same deal, got to cut the carbs. I don't know, man. I just chowed down on a whole bunch of French fries for dinner. Uh, it's that kind of traveling food mentality. You just got to have whatever's there. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something. I look in the mirror. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I'm past dad bod. You know, we talked about being dads earlier. Yeah, I'm past that dad bod since here. So I don't know about you, Steve. You hit the gym a lot. Oh yeah. I usually three or four times a week. Uh, I stopped running just cause knees and back, you know, former, former army guy. So I'm just thrashed. So I've been doing a lot of, uh, treadmill walking and weighted vest walking. So that's how I'm doing my cardio these days. But yeah, I'm just like you trying, trying to keep it down. Got that summer shred going on. So yeah, it's <laughs> just, it's got to improve ourselves. That's all you can do. I have some rotten luck. So last year I spent $700 on a row machine because I love to row We're, yeah. I'm in Annapolis. You know, we got the kayaks and everything. Uh, my appendix burst and they had a tear open oh. into into me to to take Dude. care of that and so i haven't been able to really use the row machine because i've been recovering from that and then i've now you know also active duty air force got some uh some of those same kind of things bad knees everything yeah it's it's just just got to keep walking doing something stay yeah. active maybe not as active as our guys there down in ashburn as they do some otas we'll be talking about the otas and the contact contract talk for Terry McLaurin and Deron Payne, he's another one who somebody on uh, Twitter said walked out because of the contract dispute. He has disputed that. We'll talk about that during the game. In the post game, we'll talk about the distraction that was Monday and the stadium location. Washington reportedly having bought some land down in Virginia. Will that be where the new stadium is? That's all coming up in the uh, cool down, rather not the post game. And here for the warm up, we're going to talk about our favorite individual within the organization, Dan Snyder. Reports came out, Steve, over the weekend that owners are kind of starting to count up how many votes they have to oust Dan Snyder. Do you believe any of that? <sighs> It's really hard because we know like any close knit group of, of, of guys and, and gals that you don't out one of your own. It's just, it's just a natural thing, but you know, they said they needed 24 votes to get him out the seat. And I just, I just don't see 24 votes coming. I think, I know you got one in, in Mara, Mr. Uh, Mr. <laughs> NYG. We don't like you. Um, yeah. I just, I just, I don't see 24 votes. I, I really, really, really don't. 
Yeah, I think it's going to become it's going to be real hard to get to 24. I think that uh, he's still, you know, Dan Snyder's very buddy buddy with Jerry Jones. And as you mentioned, there's a couple others who are probably not going to turn on him because I, I think there's an honest fear within the the other owners that he's going to burn the place down to the ground if he gets thrown out. Right. So he's he's not going to go down without a fight. And, you know, you kind of see some of this, especially as, you know, more information's kind of came, you know, around with the Gruden emails. You know, he's he's a feisty, uh, feisty guy there. So the 24 votes, I think, is going to be hard. Now, I do think that there are some owners that are probably unhappy with him. And I do think that there's some smoke there. But do you feel like if you had a say, you know, if Dan Snyder is going to be removed with the next five years, would you put $5 on that? $10 on it? How certain would you be that he, he Dan Snyder would be no longer associated with the Washington commanders within five years? Yeah, I, I think it's very possible, but I don't, I, I think it'll get to a point where, you know, he's going to die on that Hill. It, it'll be a, a, a I'm going to sell the team. I'm going to resign the team. You know, not, not like a, a Richardson or, um, I forget the other gentleman's name that were forced to sell, but I, I don't, I don't think it'll be, you're going to be voted out. I mean, think, think about, think about this. If you're in a group of people, wouldn't you want to keep around the worst performer because it just makes, <laughs> makes yeah. you look better. Yeah, You mentioned Maram wanting, wanting to oust him, <laughs> but I don't know that that's the case. I mean, you know, the, the NFC East looks uh, at how bad Washington's been over the, the two decades that Dan Snyder has been the owner. And why would you remove that? Like that's, yeah. those are, you know, relatively, you know, you know, easy victories you can kind of put on the calendar for yourself. So why would you get rid of that? Or even within the NFC, I think that some of these owners, I think if I had to take a guess, Steve, you're probably looking at some of the newer owners who maybe don't have as much dirt on them. Haven't mm-hmm. really been around and are looking at this product. You got to think, Washington DC this the DMV area here is like the fourth big, biggest market and you're uh, doing abysmal on sales and fandom and everything like that and so these new owners who bought in are like wait a minute like we can't have that I, that's that's money on the table that they're losing and so you know I think that that might be uh yeah something Kevin would not put my dollar on it he he thinks uh and to be fair here at ref of the district we we do we would not put a dollar on it either. We think that Dan Snyder's here to stay. The only thing that's going to get rid of Dan Snyder is going to be if someone catches him on camera, recorded somewhere, making racist remarks. That's about the only yeah. way. Or he's Dan Snyder himself, like, like that. Yeah. 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 And and honestly, if it did go that route with the owners, now you're opening Pandora's box. You are opening a, a microscope under every team. Does every team want to be? I'm sure they all have skeletons. We, we're mm-hmm. just us and the Raiders, just the unlucky ones for right now. So f- just for those reasons alone, I, I don't think it's going to be an owner voted um, action. I, I really don't. Yeah, it's going to have to take a lot. We'll see. Uh, Tanya Snyder at po- tested positive for COVID. So she's not even going to be at the owners meetings. So is Dan going to be there for that? I don't know. You know, I think that there was a lot of hope last year as we entered the season with Tanya doing things that we didn't see Dan do. Right. So she came out during the uh, at Richmond, talked with fans, kind of pumped us up. And people I thought were really excited at that point. Not quite the excitement going into this season. 
though. Do you feel the difference, Steve? Yeah, I think it's it's the honeymoon periods wearing off. I think a lot of the fan base. I mean, we had the we had the new name, yes, the, the uniforms which are fire. But I think we're all at a point where it's just like, hey, the dog and pony show's over. Let's let's see results. Let's see it on the field. That's the most important thing right now at this juncture. I think. Absolutely. And speaking of on the field, we're going to wrap up the Dan Snyder talk because we don't really want to talk about him. We want to talk about the players. So come up here on the game. It is going to be OTAs and contract talk. The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. OTAs are underway there in Ashburn, Virginia. Uh, some content creators, ourselves included, Ref the District, are able to get there. We're going to see what we can do to get our man Steve and the Command This team out there as well. I think there's going to be some content creators out there tomorrow and i think i've heard some of some of that uh myself and trev will be there tuesday and uh, if there's any requests what you want us to you know bring back for either tuesday special show or wednesday show which should have both stoner and trev back for that one let us know in the comment section so that way we are prepared on tuesday big shout out to my wife there jazzy ep for making that happen for us i've got a hotel to stay in the night before i took off time from work yeah. uh, my, my my uh office buddies are a little jealous that i get a little extended vacation there with memorial day weekend coming up so the otas up to this point we've seen a little bit some of the exciting stuff did you see the clip today steve of uh jd mckissick his catch in the in the tweak in the shimmy yeah in the shimmy oh man <laughs> I, I don't know who it was who yeah i don't know either. he he literally grasped air yeah after after all that jd mckissick was looking pretty good from what i've heard carson wentz you can see the velocity from his throws now of course people did tweet out that he did have a pass intercepted by of all people corn elder but where do you rate the excitement for these players, whether or not they're returning like JD McKissick or new ones like Carson Wentz? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think it's a little over moderate, maybe on a scale from one to 10, I'd say about a seven. I, I think we finally have a, in my, in my opinion, our first franchise quarterback in a very long time. Um, so I'd argue, I've argued on this channel, <laughs> Washington's never had a franchise quarterback. Maybe Sonny Jurgensen, maybe Joe Theismann, closest thing, right? Uh, Iceman was a punt returner at one point. And true. Jurgensen wasn't just a QB, but maybe you can count him as a yeah. as, as a Sonny at least. I don't yeah, know about Joe. I Joe is a, that, would be hard to know. Do you know that Sonny is the last quarterback we've had that thrown over 30 touchdowns? Yep. <laughs> and that yeah. was in 68, I think. Kirk, yeah, Kirk. It was yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> Kirk Cousins gotten close. He did. He got to 29, I believe. Yep. Uh, but nobody else has gotten anywhere near that really depressing does Carson Wentz get there this year he's got I think if everyone's healthy he's got all the tools to do it he's got two solid wide receiver one and wide receiver outs hard to say who's two who's three you can say 1.5 and two uh and then tight ends are looking strong my favorite tight end you know hey go Logan <laughs> go Logan hopefully they're back healthy but tight ends are looking strong with Cole Turner and um 
uh, our boy out of uh, John Bates, John Bates, and, and and the rest of the crew. So, and you got JD and Antonio back. He has all the tools. The tools are there. I don't know if he gets to thirty or not. You know, at the end of the day, I don't care as long as we're getting the dubs. Yeah, that's the big thing. Uh, and and I I agree with you. I think that Jahan Dotson's an exciting piece. Terry McLaurin is obviously a stud. Uh, we'll get to his contract discussion here in a little bit. But Curtis Samuel has been coming. You yeah. know, a lot of people much maligned last season, right? Yes. Didn't really play. Wasn't put on IR. Just kind of one of those scratches throughout the year. He's been showing out here right in this early eight uh, straight stages of OTAs. What do you expect from Curtis Samuel this year? Yeah, he looks healthy. He looks fresh. Uh, breaks look great. Like when he we saw him in the last year, just didn't look clean. I, I think we he wants he's going to be that versatile uh, Swiss Army knife that Scott Turner loves to have in this offense, which we really didn't have last year. We had you know Samuels for a a quick bit. And he did get a crucial third down in one of the games last year. I cannot remember, but it was just a little end around, yeah. and he had a catch too. Yeah, the um, third he had uh, four catches, three of them for first downs. I think he go. finished with twenty yards. Yes, but it was like each, you know, three of those are first downs, so you'll take it every time. Very important, yeah. And um, you know, like my man Anthony Armstrong say, the wide receiver is a position that you can have more than than one guy who's who's like your, your go to. So yeah, great to see Curtis out there. Heck, you earn, earn your paycheck, buddy. I mean, we really, really need you this year. And and uh, hey, if you don't, we got John Dotson in, in the shadows just, just waiting. What do you make of the rest of that wide receiver core? Cam Sims as the large target. You know, Carson Wentz likes large targets, so you might be able to see some more action from him. And, of course, De'Ami Brown, another one who had a disappointing season last year. Do we get more from the sophomore wide receiver? I mean, I hope so. At this point, though, we're almost – you know, we draft him to be the long, the long ball threat, right? Coming out of North uh, UNC, off of Sam Howell, of all people, as his quarterback. We didn't see it last year, and I think a lot of that was the lack of the uh, quarterback Taylor in the in the offense. Just wasn't designed to go up top. I don't, I don't think that's how it was designed. So, I don't know what role he plays now. I do know that Carson likes to go deep, and he has the arm for it. So, yeah, I, I really think that's what it came down to. So I think Scott Turner would have liked to have gone deep. And then you saw that a couple times. I mean, Cam Sims had the 40 yard bomb uh, from Taylor Heineke, which was like a javelin throw. Uh, you you also saw against uh, Dallas. We actually called it. We were live streaming the game and we called it play action deep to Terry McLaurin. And that's exactly what it was. So I do think that Scott Turner would like to open up this offense, but I think that the limitations with Heineke's arm were kind of why they didn't go deep as much. Carson Wentz likes to keep the plays extended, so I do think you might be able to see some of that. I just think Deami might be the the odd one out. We talked about Cam Sims being a big target that Carson Wentz likes. We talked about the big three, you know, Terry, Jahan, and Curtis Samuel being, you know, kind of that one, two, three punch. I just think Deami Brown isn't going to see the field as much as we uh we could here uh metaphor thanks for jumping on here he's got a question hey ref the district ota ota is exciting wish we can see some vid of the practices needing terry in there soon to connect more with carson i agree that's going to be the big thing for the connection metal we'll make sure that we get some video action as much as we can uh, they really haven't explained the rules as far as what the content creators are going to have access to. So I'm looking forward to seeing what I was hesitant to kind of bring it up, but uh, other content creators,
writers were like, yeah, we're going to be at OTA. So uh, we wanted to get that out there. So we'll, we'll be sure to get as much as we can. I know we're not going to have access to Ron Rivera and the interview, but uh, what we do have access to, we'll make sure to get as much content out of that as possible. The, you know, okay. So Gus Bus says injuries will always provide an opportunity uh, for Diami to contribute. Yep, That's her. I don't like counting on injuries. Uh, one, because you don't want to see your guys injured. And then two, you know, those are so unpredictable, right? Uh, I do think Diami's going to have an opportunity. I just think that he's going to be that fifth receiver there. Uh, Steve, where, where do you kind of rank, you know, the receivers after those big three? Yeah, it's it's really a toss up between him and him and Cam. And if you're asking me, I think Terry, I hate to say this because it's it's such a overused term. We said it in the catch radius. You know, he he's yeah. bigger, he plays bigger than he actually is. So Jahan Dawson can is a speedster as well, you know. So where does he fit? If, if you're asking me, I say he's number five now. Cam Sims number four. And just think about it. If Cam Sims go down, our raw receivers core is gonna be looking like the the, the little rascals. Yeah, I mean they're all like this big, you know what I'm saying? Like com- comparative to to the other other sides, which isn't a bad thing, but um, you always want to have that big big targeted big yeah. body. If, if you're not going to be tall, you got to have speed. So yeah. let's go to some of our tall guys. You have Logan Thomas on your chest right now. Yes, uh, obviously he's going to be coming back from injury. They picked up a six foot seven tight end. You have Samus Reyes returning from last season some promise there showed some good blocking skills maybe maybe raw as receiver john bates very surprising especially coming down late in the season as far as kind of that receiving option what do you think you know pans out for these is samus reyes going to get knocked off this team or are we going to see you know a different kind of outlook here is your man logan thomas coming back healthy and when is he coming back healthy yeah great great question so first and foremost i don't think we know the roster rules yet personal rosters because last year we were under the covid rules which means you could secure uh, a couple of people in the practice squad that were safe that couldn't get stolen by other teams to include multiple veterans which you never had before so hard to say until they establish those definitive roster rules because if that is still into play with covid as a backdrop that you can have extra people in your practice squad and you can secure them from not getting signed i think samus is a lock for the lock to get a at least a practice squad spot because like you said before on your previous shows his athleticism is just something you you can't teach it. You, it's just you, you can't you can't. Now you can teach the fundamentals of football skills, but you just cannot teach his physical stature and athletic ability, especially as a former basketball player. So, mm-hmm. um, but I love I love some um, John Bates and I love Cole Turner. Uh, we're set. Tight end is my second favorite position on the team outside of quarterback. So we we're I think we're going to be great. Bates is a great blocker, which is which is. Good, because Logan Logan's okay at blocking, um, but Bates is a really good blocker, and that dude doesn't drop anything. So uh, I'm excited for the tight end core. Not going to lie. Well, one name to add to this mix before we get to that name change suggestion for Metaphor, Gandy Golden is making the move from wide receiver to tight end. Is he going to be that move tight end like that, you know, Ricky Seals Jones was last year? Are we going to see anything from him? This seems like the the young man's last straw to kind of stick around with this team. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, so truth be told, I was a huge AGG stand coming out of Liberty. I thought he was going to be the second coming of you know a Gary Clark or something. I once again the athletic ability just drew me into him. It was amazing some of the catches I saw him make at Liberty and 
it just didn't pan out to the NFL, whether it was health, whether it was the knowledge of the playbook, it just, it just didn't work out. And now for him to go to tight end, I'm, I'm thinking flashbacks of now's Paul and is this necessary? Do we need to do it? If they're going to put him from wide receiver to tight end, he's going to gain some weight. He's already a massive dude as it is. I think they see something there. I think that, you know, he's a, he's a Ron guy. Ron drafted him. So I think there's, this is his last chance that I swear if he doesn't pick it up, then I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Tanner, Tanner bringing up AGG and Harmon. He's over it. Our fan base loves the friend, fringe roster a little we too do. much. We, we agree, do. Tanner. We the, it's it's. I think it's just because, especially when you're talking about content creation and and what that that's where the interesting nuggets are, right? As those kind of those those diamonds in the rough. You know, we all know Terry McLaurin's going to be a stud. We hope Curtis Samuel comes back healthy and per, produces the way he did and his last year in Carolina and Jahan Dotson is just as an exciting player that you want big things from. But then after that, you're like, Ooh, what do you got in this? What do you got in this? Right. Logan Thomas is a quality tight end, but he's not going to be back, you know, probably for the first four weeks or so, uh, at least not fully 100% healthy. So what do you got there? Do you have a GG and the tight end role? Or are you going to look at someone like Samus Reyes, who they, they signed to a big contract, which they did for another young man this year from uh, HBCU. You know, they, you know, you don't have to give these undrafted uh, rookie free agents a three-year deal. And right. yet they did. And so we'll, we'll see, you know, what's going on. David can't believe Harmon's still around. People have been talking about him in these OTAs. I guess he's showing out yet again. Uh, he had a very exciting rookie season last couple seasons injured. Does he crack the rock? You know, does he still, you know, stick around this year, Steve Harmon, you know, he could be wide receiver six. I mean, I, I'm trying to, we, you know, we don't have Deandre Carter anymore. I, I kind of wish they would have kept him. He was a, very shifty, reliable guy, but hard to say. Uh, Harmon's starting. If he if he makes the team this year, you know, over on command, this we kind of have a saying. You know, who has the Reed Dowdy status, right? The guy that just is always there. Doesn't <laughs> they always have a job? And we've had someone on that Isn't team for a while. Now? I think that's yeah, Trey We had Kendrick Golson forever. I mean, we have these people that just figure out a way to make this team. And if Harmon makes this team after. Gruden times ACL he's back on it. He might have the next read daddy title. Um, <laughs> I hope he does. I mean, great, great, uh, great film coming out of college, but he just, the injuries, he just couldn't get it together. Yeah. Injuries definitely derailed uh, his young promising career here. Uh, Doug Fred thinks Harmon is better than cam Sims. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I do think that if you're looking at their rookie years, yes, but uh yeah, you know, the best ability is availability. Uh, we're going to come back here, circle back to Metaphor's name suggestion. So if you're unaware, Steve is from the Command This podcast. Uh, and so Meta suggests instead of Command This, Command Ds. What do you think, Steve? So, hey, Meta, that's a great comment because the first iteration of this name was Command Ds. I swear to you, Command Ds, <laughs> Command Ds. And we're like, you know what? Probably not going to go too well in the professional community if we have to, you know, try to score and then talk with some professional, uh, whether it's alumni of the team or the team themselves. So we went with Command This. So just so you know, Command This is a variant of command D's there's there's history there <laughs> so hit hit it right on the nose there with metaphor let's uh let's go to our running backs you know they did draft brian robinson jr in the third round that we saw some of the running back drills 
You know, we talked about JD McKissick. What are you expecting from during OTAs? Is this going to battle kind of get sorted out? I mean, I don't know if you saw some of those videos, but Brian Robinson is a beast of a man. He looks so much bigger than our other running backs. And it's not like Gibson's really a small running back either. Right. Truth be told, I was not a fan of the Brian Robinson pick. Third round, right? Third round? Mm-hmm. Yep, third round. I, I think N'Kobe Dean was still on the table. I And like my my, my compadre Dev says, we have a unproven linebacker core, for lack of a better term, without totally bashing them. It's a very weak position on defense. It's probably the weakest position on the defense. So I thought they would have go went linebacker. No, but no love said, with Mayo and with your third linebacker I, spot? Nah, not really. I like Cole Holcomb. I'm probably in the minority, but I do like Cole Holcomb. Um, and I like Jay moving to the outside. It's just that third third linebacker, like you said, Mayo. So hope he proved me wrong. But uh, running backs, I think we're good. Brian Robinson, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, um, Antonio Gibson's probably good for a, a stinger, uh, you know, a knee injury, a bruise. He, he takes a lot of punishment. He runs, you know, doesn't, doesn't run super low because he's a former wide receiver. So he's bound to get punished. And Brian Rob, uh, excuse me, Robinson can just be that bowling ball who comes in and just trounces people. Now, with that being said, with McKissick, with Gibson and with Robinson, my guy from Kentucky, Jared Patterson. I don't know if they will keep four running backs. That's a huge, huge question. Big, big commitment there. Yeah, Jared Patterson of Buffalo. The uh, it, it, we're big fans of Jared Patterson on this one. We call it Jared freaking Patterson, uh, JFP, in all of our chats. Um, I just, I think you're right. I think he might be the odd one out now. Gus Bus here saying could be. Or no, sorry. It's uh, it was Tanner who says that Jarrett Patterson reminds him of Rock Cartwright, a name that I loved here. Great name, right? Yep. Uh, kick cool. returns is his hope to stay on the roster. I, I I agree, and I think if you're talking about some of those fringe uh, players like Anthony uh, Gandy Golden and um, and Harmon, you're looking at special teams is where they have to be able to contribute. Jarrett Patterson did get some reps. And, you know, when it came to kickoff returns, wasn't exactly special, but I mean, you know, you're only returning one out of every three anyways, as they usually get set for a touchback, but uh, it'll be interesting. I do think he's the odd one out. No real risk losing him. You can probably stash him on the roster. You got Jonathan Williams as well, who's a little bit more dynamic in the, the passing game. Did he show enough, do you think, to kind of, you know, make this running back a five person, you know, battle? No, I, I mean, given who we have now, I, I don't think he did. It was a great asset to have him on the team last year towards the end of the season. A lot of injuries, but no, I think I think he's – I mean, if anyone's an odd man out, it's, it's, it's Jonathan Williams for sure. All right, P4, shout out to you as well. Now, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. You brought up the linebacker core a little weak there when, you know, you have the two starters. Now, I'm – I'm a big believer that the third safety is more important than that third linebacker. I think that the safeties are looking fairly decent when you look at McCain, uh, Cam Curl, and now Percy Butler as a one-two-three punch. So I like that, and I do think you have some you know interest with Derek Forrest as kind of that fourth safety linebacker. Though you mentioned it, right? So you've got uh, you know, Cole Holcomb who's going to start in the center. And then they're finally understanding that Jamin Davis doesn't play in the middle, even though he's got that range and speed, you really want to use that to your advantage on the outside. 
Who is that next one stepping in, though? Is it going to be Mayo, or are we going to live with that? Or with one of these running backs, maybe Shaka Tony, moving him back from defensive end back into a linebacker spot, seems he's more built for that. Yeah, it, you bring up a lot of good points. Shaka Tony could be a possibility to move back because he, I mean, he's on the smaller end of being a DN, like you said. Um, but yeah, linebacker core, you, you do bring a little bit calm to my nerves because you're right. It's not as important when you have that third safety, the box safety, another overturn I'm going to use, Buffalo nickel again, <laughs> the Landon Collins role, which if I'm not mistaken, there was some interest there a couple weeks ago that, of him coming back. But yeah, not, not as not as worried. I think um, no disrespect to Jahan Dotson. Kyle Hamilton would have fixed a lot of those problems if we had drafted him at 11. But, you know, he's, he's in Baltimore. That, that's fine. So Jack Del Rio is just going to have to get creative, keep them on their toes, keep fresh rotations in, keep rotations out, blitz. You just can't can't afford to be lazy and 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 put those players in posi- in positions to be successful. Shout out to Trey Z, DMV Sports Three, the OGs. Love to see uh, Trey Z here in the chat. Here, linebacker is still a hole unless Del Rio is going to blitz this year. Kind of you know those same sentiments you had, Steve. They do need to be a little bit more aggressive. That defensive line, too. You should hopefully have a healthy Chase Young for most of the year. Montez Sweat on the outside. Not a lot of depth, just like last year. Not a lot of depth, at least from quality you know, players. I mean, you do have potentially Shaka Tony, Will and Bradley King. Um, Bada is another name, although he plays interior quite a bit. So the problem that that line was having as, you know, vaunted as it is with as many first round picks that they've you know put in there they weren't being really aggressive and so when you're not aggressive you're allowing them to get chunks of yards with the running game you're allowing them to have the time to be able to find the wide receivers downfield a lot of that came with that uh, Sam Mills just run deep and try to get that interior pressure to kind of force them out into you and it just wasn't working what do you want to see from the tandem there on the defensive line, either either tandem, you know, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne or Montez Sweat and Chase Young this year? I mean, I want to see stunts. I want to see movement. We saw glimpses of it last year in the very beginning of the season when Montez and um, Chase were both healthy. But, and it was always successful. But then all of a sudden, Jack DeRue would just stop and rush four or rush five like uh, metaphor just said. And I just want to see creativity movement. I think it's especially chase coming off an injury. You cannot rely on their pure athletic ability for them to get to the quarterback. You have to move them around, stunt them, move them on the inside. I mean, heck have, have uh, uh, John Allen, Deron Payne, chase young Montez sweat. Um, and who, shoot, I'm just having a brain fart. Who was our uh, other tackle? We just, we just signed a uh, rookie. Uh, we just drafted Fedarian uh, Mathis. Fedarian Mathis. Have them all out there at one time, man. Like, like, really throw throw the gamut at these guys. Like, you just have to be creative. And at times, we just stopped being creative and just went into that. I'm not going to call it a prevent defense, but like you said, it's like just come to us sort of defense, and it just was not working. 
Yeah, the bend don't break uh, yes. kind of defense only. Yes. It was just bending a little bit more than you'd ever want to see. It will be interesting. Great point by metaphor. Every time they had a five-man front, that's technically a blitz. Uh, Tommy T brought up the uh, new pickup there, F.A. Obata, uh, new new addition there. I do think that you can see him getting quality uh, minutes, especially with Chase Young, you know, kind of still coming back from injury there. Gus Bus brings up the schedule. Not a lot of tough QBs this year, but the team does face some tough running games. Not only that, but they face a gambit of defensive ends, some quality defensive ends this year. Uh, do you feel strongly about this reworked offensive line, losing Brandon Sheriff, you know, not really kind of filling in with, you know, big name pieces? How, what, Steve, what do you think? And what do you think they should be doing during OTAs to kind of sort this out? I mean, protection of Carson needs to be of the utmost importance. We've seen Ryan Kerrigan break his back, but that was on the scramble. If you remember that going up the middle when Philly played Washington, but you must protect Carson Wentz. Andrew Noel, I never really watched him in Jacksonville. I've seen, heard that he's very well. He's no Brandon Sheriff. And um, the NFC East got got better this year on, on the bookends for, for all three teams. Uh, the guy from uh, Philadelphia in the first round uh, specifically scares me. Jordan, um, I forget his last name. He's a monster and he's going to be going up against um, Andrew Norwell. So get the ball out quick. Uh, it, this pass blocking from our running backs becomes important. I don't know if Brian Robinson can pass block. I know AGG, excuse me, Antonio Gibson is okay. JD McKissick is a good pass blocker. Yeah, very uh, reliable. And I think that's why yes. he saw a lot of time Absolutely. last season was uh, was because of that. You know, you yep. weren't necessarily going to roll him out as a receiving threat as much as it was just like, you just needed somebody to make sure your QB stays upright. Yep. And if you're going to, if you want Carson to go long, utilize these weapons we have, Terry, Jahan, um, Curtis Samuel, he's going to need at least three seconds in the pocket to make something happen. You, you got to protect him. You know how I know you're a vet? You use words like utilize. It would behoove <laughs> them, right, Steve? He yeah, knows what I'm talking blade about. hands. Yeah, the, <laughs> the NCO, you know, blade hands. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, uh, the coaches, you know, this year, team, the fans have been kind of putting them a little bit under pressure. What do you want to see this year from Jack Del Rio and Scott Turner? Yeah, I, I just kind of said before on defense, Jack Del Rio, creativity, move those guys around. You have all the talent in the world, but if you can't, if you're just rushing them north and south every every time, it's it's not going to do anything. Move people around, call blitzes, call stunts, uh, bring some guys off the edge, bring some some corners in, and and just be creative, and it'll just work itself out. From the offense, just want to see. We saw inklings of it last year under Taylor, which is very surprising. And I think we can, can truly expand on it is keep just sustain drives. Uh, a couple of these drives where we went game winning drives, we sustained drives, which was pretty awesome. Uh, we didn't see that a lot in the previous years, um, but sustain drives and make the good plays when you need to make them, you know, good teams do routine things routinely, routinely. So if you're, if it's third and one, go get your one yard. We're not running Taylor Heineke up the middle anymore on third and one. <laughs> I mean, at least we're not the Giants doing three QB sneaks back to back. 
Uh, I'm hoping that is just Steve frozen and not me. So I'm going to continue talking a little bit. Okay. So we're, we're back there. Fro froze just a little bit. Yeah. The uh, metaphor, I mentioned Sam's mills when I talked about that kind of the way that they're teaching, that one is definitely the biggest question. I think of the, 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 the line doesn't perform. I think that Sam Mills is going to be gone off the team. When it comes to Jack Del Rio, you're right. Some creativity there. I think he's starting to get some of the pieces that would allow him to do that. You see some creativity with their lineups, right? They like that five man front. They like bringing in that, that third safety. I think that they now have the pieces for that. Scott Turner finally has a QB who can throw the ball reliably past 20 yards. So I think you're going to see some opening there. And the good thing is, as one gets better, the other gets better as well, right? So if the offense is able to start reliably putting up points on the board or making those long drives that you mentioned, Steve, I think the defense will start seeing some improvement as well. We'll see right now it's OTAs and and we're just kind of getting a feel for how the players are. And I think there's some excitement there. And there's also some worry as one of the people not in OTAs is our man, Terry McLaurin. How confident on a scale from one to 10 do you feel about a Terry McLaurin deal being done before the season? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I know very people are more optimistic. If I'm Terry, I'll play. But you, you want to get to that. And I'm looking at that from a player's perspective. You want to get that franchise tag put on you because all that does is set your floor for the follow year, follow on years. You know, I love players. I'm not giving anyone a discount at all by any means. Get that franchise tag. So you got to play through this year, get the franchise tag next year and just go. I mean, I said this on your show on May 11th. I don't know if you remember this, you and Toothpick. I was texting in the comments that I truly believe that Jahan Dotson is Terry's insurance policy. I, I truly believe that. I'm not saying he's not going to get signed. I'm just saying he was the insurance policy for Jahan Dotson. And on a scale from one to 10, the deal gets done. I'm going to say 10 being the highest, one being the lowest. I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven, seven, not done this year, but you know, actually not I'm mean, for this year. I'll give it a, I'll give it a four and next year I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight. Wow. So not really bullish on their metaphor says July 20th, the deal will get complete. Tommy T says, please, not another franchise tag situation. Just trade him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think either of those things are going to happen. If I had to, uh, on a scale from one to 10, how confident is I, am I that a deal is going to get done? I'm a, I'm a 13. Awesome. I right. so. I'm a, I'm a 17. I'll say a 17. Yeah. Cause that's his number. 14 is yep. my number. Maybe, maybe I could have gone with that, but now it's actually Sam Howell's number. No, I think that the deals just, I think it's going to get done. I do think the numbers have changed since yes. the start of what they were kind of thinking. And yes, the franchise tag is still available. That's a tool that they, you know, that they can use in negotiation. I think it's 20 million a year for that franchise, but you're not going to do that to this. You're not going to do it to Terry McLaurin. You don't put him as the face of this rebranding, right? He's on everything. He was one of the players that we got to see in the new uniform. He's, he's a captain on this team. And I think that all in all, as long as Ron Rivera is here, this is the kind of player that he wants. He wants somebody who is mild-mannered, quiet, does the job, leads with, you know, by doing all the right things. So this deal is going to get done. I think it's going to cost Washington more than what they wanted it to cost. 
but they're they're going to get this deal done. And I agree with Meta. I think you know July twentieth time frame, right around there, right before camp. It's similar to what we saw with the Jonathan Allen deal last year. It's just something that they know they need to get done. They're waiting this long. Free money starting, uh, well, not or freed up money rather, come one June with those cuts. Uh, it's going to be, it's, it's going to happen. Tanner says 25 million tops that, uh, yeah. Terry is a tier two receiver, not a tier one. He isn't the same league as Tyreek Hill and others. Yeah. You're going to hurt a lot of people's feelings there, Tanner. A yeah. lot of people, you know, love themselves some scary Terry. What do you think about that statement, Steve, as far as being a tier two wide receiver? Where no, would you, I, I, I don't think he's a tier two. I think he's a tier one, but I would say the bottom of a tier one. There's an I, I see how the argument go, can go either way, but the team really missed the boat, like you said earlier, about not signing him because, you know, Allen Robinson was kind of the first one off the books, 15-5. You had Robert Woods, 16-2. I'm sorry, that was a little bit earlier. You had uh, Chris God, uh, Christian Kirk was at 18. I was about to say, that's the one that really reset the market. When when he got that big of a deal, every wide receiver looking for a payday just wanted to go buy him a brand new car and everything. That's ridiculous. Brandon Cooks got 19.8. Mike Williams, 20. Chris Godwin, 20. So uh, DJ Moore, 20.6. Stephon Diggs, 24. AJ Brown, 25. So they really missed the boat on getting in on those. They probably could have got him at 23, but um, someone said it earlier in the comments. He's Terry's 26. He is older. I think he'll be 27 this year. So he's probably got that in his mind. Like I got to get as much money as I can and I can't blame him. So uh, I don't know what the, what the value is going to be, what the price, but it's only going up, especially as TV revenues go up every year. Salaries cap continue, continue to rise every year. I mean, the team really missed the boat by not getting him done during that initial batch of the 20 to or, or 18 yeah. to 23. W- w- waiting this one out is definitely going to cost him a few million yeah. years. So but he is 26 right now, but he will be 27 during the season. Birthday is September 15th. You yeah. can earmark that in the calendar. Make sure you wish him a happy birthday. Right. The uh, Yeah, I think that this deal is going to be somewhere between 23 to 25 million a year. Uh, he is an older wide receiver, but again, he's two-time captain. He's what this team wants, part of the rebrand. I just think that the deal's going to get done. And uh, and yes, Tanner, the market changed this year. Hills, Adams, honestly, those two even benefited from that that Kirk contract because you know that guy wasn't anywhere on anybody's radar as even a tier two wide receiver, in my opinion. And for him to get 18 million a year just really set the bar for some of those younger wide receivers like Terry, who, you know, is seen as at least a top 20 wide receiver. You know, in this fan base, we would see him as anywhere from top 15 to top 10. But realistically, in the league, he's a top 20 wide receiver. And I think that he's going to see a paycheck that's that's a you know within that range there. I wouldn't put him in Hills or Adams or Justin Justin Jefferson, who I'm really high on, yeah. uh, who we will face this year. You know, but I do think that he's going to be worth every penny for this team. One of the things that's interesting here, and even though I'm as as bullish as I am, as 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 as, as certain as I am, Steve, that the deal's going to get done, is do they want to wait it out to see if they have chemistry between Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin? 
They should not because it's clear Terry can perform with whoever is under center. It doesn't matter. The dude is going to get – he's going to make that quarterback look better. Look what he did with Heineke. How many times do you remember Heineke just throwing, clawing, cl closing his eyes and throwing the ball, and Terry caught it? We saw it in the first game of the season against – the Chargers. The Chargers, that over-the-shoulder cat. Like, <laughs> the one falling example. out of bounds with the Chargers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> glancing across the face. Unbelievable. Yeah. Catch. And if it, I won't be as mad as them not re-signing Settle and Ionitis if they can if they get tear. Because I believe there were some reasons for not letting these guys. And DeAndre Carter, too. Those re-signing these guys because they weren't signed on huge deals on their other teams. So if, if the justification for them for leaving was to get Terry, hey, that's awesome. I'm, I'm all for it. I do think some of that's the reason why they didn't restructure the uh, Carson Wentz contract and some other reasons. A lot of interesting pieces there. Deals should get done before camp. We'll see. Steve is at a seven. I'm at a 17. Where are you at on a scale from one to 10? 10 being the deal is getting done. Let that know in, in the, the chat. Comments. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. You brought up two of the players that Washington let walk. Now they did get Fedarian Mathis to replace Tim Settle and Matt Ioannidis, but another one who walked out supposedly of practice is Deron Payne. Now he did refute that on his own Twitter. He's just like, you think I walked out? We're always working. Jonathan Allen seeming to have patched up that hubaloo from last season. Those two have been seen out in public and he even responded to that tweet what do you think is going on with Deron Payne and his spot within this team? He clearly, he has a spot. He's a first rounder. He's a dog. Now, if you look at productivity for salary, Terry just blows him out of the water. He really does. Terry's a third round pick. He's making two something. Deron Payne's 8.5 million. Like he's getting a lot of money this year. He doesn't have a deal next year. So I, I get it. Um, if I was the team, I probably would have kept settle Ionitis and I would have traded pain before the draft. That's what I would have done. Um, just because of the money situation, you already have out, Al you resigned Allen. So I don't see a situation where we, we resign Allen and we resign pain. I just don't. And we need to resign Terry. I don't see it. So to me, pain is gone. He's, he's gone. It's inevitable. He's gone. So they should have shipped him before the draft to get some capital. And we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. Yeah, I think that a lot of people expected that. And I think when you have those expectations, especially from other GMs, it kind of tanks the value for the player. If Deron Payne does leave this team, he's at least worth a, a, a comp pick, a third round comp pick. So you didn't want to ship him away for anything less than that. And so I think that that situation is going to be interesting to see as it unfolds. I think that defensive tackle, because you are, like I said, you're already paying Jonathan Allen, you know, top money for a defensive lineman. Did you want to really spend that kind of money for another defensive lineman when that could be used elsewhere? I think that's where he's going to get squeezed out. I think that he is a good player. Would like to see him on the team. Uh, much like I wanted Brandon Sheriff to remain on this team, but I think that it's just going to be one of those situations where he will get squeezed out. I do wish the fan base would relent a little bit, ease up off of Deron Payne. Yeah, absolutely. maybe some of the media. I'm not as I know a lot of content creators seem to be a little harsh on the media. I'm not one of them. I think that you know 
that they're just doing their jobs. And maybe that comes from my background as public affairs, a broadcaster, but uh, you know, that ease off of Deron Payne, everybody. I think that he's going to play very well for the commanders this year, whether or not he continues playing is yet to be seen and whether or not we'll be playing at FedEx or DC or Virginia, all that's coming up here in the cool down. News broke this weekend, or actually it was Monday, suspiciously the day after the the Snyder news dropped that Washington commanders purchased land in Virginia. Now, hold hold your horses. The, the conversation didn't just end there, Steve, right? It went from they purchased land in Virginia to it was purchased in Dumfries. Then it was purchased in Woodward. And then turns out there wasn't actually a purchase at all. It was the right to purchase. What do you make of that whole string of nonsense on Monday, Steve? Yeah, I, I you know, a piece of me just says it was a, a leak that wasn't supposed to happen or it was a leak that got didn't get leaked properly because there's there's always a reason behind why things get leaked to the media. And in this case, it was probably to, you know, pit people against each other, pit Virginia against Maryland, pit, for, you know, Virginia against D.C. But in this in this case, the leak wasn't even right because it came out as Dumfries and it came out as $100 million of purchase for 200 acres. And then it just turned out was, like you said, it wasn't even bought. It was the option to buy. So what did we really accomplish besides Jenna stirring up the, the ether and on, on the Twitter, Twitter sphere and, and, and people were content creators up. and <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a fan of this team. I'm going to Baltimore or, you know, I'm, I'm going down to Carolina and it was all for nothing. You know what I mean? The team's got to do what they got to do. What's best for them. Um, you know, Woodbridge is, is near and dear to my heart. I, I, Moved there in 87 and my family's still there. I was there till 2003. So Woodbridge is my hometown. Um, I like it. It's very overcrowded and traffic stinks on that quarter of I-95. If you've ever been there, it's awful. That's why I don't go see my parents as much as I should because that, <laughs> that quarter is terrible. It is, but, it is an awful, awful drive. You know, it, yeah, it was just, I think it was just a leak that just didn't get leaked right. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I do. I think it was a very deliberate leak. I think that it was, you know, maybe tinfoil hat time. I don't yeah. have, I don't have my buttons here on the move uh, for the conspiracy music, but I think that the leak was deliberate to kind of pull away from the Snyder talk. And, and I think that that honestly is, I feel like that's valid because we've talked with some of the team members and Ron's come out and kind of said it anytime there's good news, the team is hit with something of, yeah. of bad Negative. news right yeah. now. They're just deserved bad news that's that's happening to in the press. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying that that's not worthy news to be put out there, but the team kind of feels like they never gained that momentum. So I think that they're kind of trying to counter that now, playing the game of like, okay, well this news dropped, let's throw out some some news to maybe you know kind of turn it into something that's not the negative side. Unfortunately, fans, being fans that they are, did kind of go negative. They were attacking each other. There's two sides to this that I just feel are absolutely ridiculous takes. All right. There's the Marylanders who, and again, Annapolis, I'm a Marylander who I'm 30 minutes from the stadium right now. So of course yeah. I'm a little biased. I don't really want them to leave FedEx. I'm with you. I'm in silver spring. I'm just, a, yeah. I'm just like you. I'm 15 minutes away. It's, right it's great. Right there. The, um, 
But the Marylanders who are like, oh, if it goes down to Virginia, then I'm not going to be a fan of the team or I'm not going to drive down there to see the games. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's horrible take. Likewise, the Virginian, the Virginians who who are telling those like, well, f- you know, I've dr- I've driven three hours for years. You can go yeah. ahead and suck it up now. Like, no, that's not the that's not the right take. Now, now, Steve, you and I are on the Maryland side. I, what do you feel about, you know, if Washington moves away from Maryland, are they really losing any more ground to the Baltimore Ravens? A little bit. I think uh, we, we saw that evidence of a lot of the tweets we saw, you know, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to Baltimore. It's, it's sad because I think if, if you're winning, you could put it in the, the middle of nowhere and people will show up because it's a winning product. Um, but in our case, we've struggled. We've had a lot of bad PR. So the location, they have to nail it wherever it is. They, they have to nail it. Um, I don't know if they'll lose people to Baltimore as much as opposed to people that just won't go to the stadium. I don't think people would change teams as much as people have been tweeting that they would. Yeah. That's, that's of such a knee jerk uh, reaction there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the first string podcast. What's good. Uh, check them out as well. If you haven't already from toothpicks time on the channel here. Now, one of the things the the pictures looked good, right? Like they're talking about, and one of the reasons why there's the option to buy land in Virginia. And if you didn't already know this, Dan Snyder and the team own quite a bit of that land around FedEx. So the, what they're wanting to do is build this massive complex. They shared some amazing pictures of kind of what Jerry's world is, right? Where there's like these shops and there's these things to do. They're going to have like an amphitheater outside. One of the things that I thought was most exciting to me, maybe not to some others, because it's just a weird thing to be excited about was a stadium that only seats 60,000 people. What did you think about that, Steve? Awesome. It's a very intimate setting, very RFK-like. If you've ever been there, it's very small. That's what it's got to be. Not the 92,000 as FedEx originally was, where I have to top the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones top the 92. No, 60,000, make it desirable, make it competitive, make people fight to get in there. And that is a key to success. I truly believe that. And, and people keep saying, like like you said, Dallas is standard. I think Patriot Place in Foxborough, the, the, the Patriots is the place. To, because an entire shopping mall complex that's around Gillette Stadium. Like that's the model to do. You want to give people uh, something to do when they get there. If there's going to, especially if it's not going to be a metro, you, you, need to, you need to increase parking. You need to lower parking fees. You have mm-hmm. to do that. If there's not public transport, you have to do that. One of the things I think that will be worked with this this deal, wherever the new stadium goes, is I think that they're going to work real hard with the counties to increase the public transit Have aspect. Because yeah. I do, I, I think that is big. I mean, it's not like FedEx Field is currently really accessible via the line, but at yeah. least it's a it's only like a mile walk. Like right. I mean, it's it's a hike. Morgan but, is one mile. It's it's like yeah. point point eight point eight five something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but at least it's there. Dumfries, not so much. The, the 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 Woodbridge, same same kind of scenario. There, the area that they have out in Dulles, there's the line that's going to be out there, but nothing yeah. leaked as far as a option to buy right. with that. So, I I do wonder a lot of like you mentioned it, and a couple of our other people have commented here. This is probably to gain our reaction on where 
the stadium's going to be. It's also, I think, as you you talked about, I think it's also they want to start the bidding war. Right now, Washington yeah. has not been winning this negotiation. Team, you know, Maryland has straight up said, no, go ahead. You guys want to pay, you know, billions of dollars, Virginia? Go ahead and pay billions of dollars. Yeah. You know, where, you know, so it would be best for the team if, if these counties, if these states were fighting for them rather than being like, no, no, you go ahead and take them this time. We've had yeah. them for 20 years and it hasn't worked out for us. It will be interesting where that stadium goes. And Buffalo just got their stadium deal. 2026, 2026. So FedEx is up in 2027. Do we see a new stadium before FedEx goes away? Yes, I think we will. Yeah, you have to either, either you keep it and build around it or yeah, I don't think there's a way around it. Um, And you hinted on it just a second ago, you know, as a public former public affairs officer, I, I think that when you leak stuff like this, it's, it's better than paying a million dollars to a marketing firm a surveying firm. I have, I have free access to free polling. So I'm going to leak this. I'm going to see the reaction, just like the name thing. I can leak these names and see what, what, what are people, what are people feeling like? Do they like it? Do they not like it? It's, is it, is it testing well in this category? It's testing around this demographic. And, and um, I, I, I think there's a, maybe a little flavor to that, but I, well, if it's going to be in FedEx field, if it's going to be in the FedEx site, of course we have to see something. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. This is exciting. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, Nate. <laughs> well, it all is exciting. OTAs are underway. Uh, myself and Trev will be at OTAs on Tuesday. Don't forget to let us know what you want from it. I'll make sure we put out a community post for that as well. Uh, like I said, we're going to try to get Steve and the command this podcast out. Steve, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, you can find us on all your uh, pot, normal podcast platform, Google, Apple, Spotify, um, at, at command underscore this on Twitter. And especially our YouTube page, you can just uh, go on YouTube and and look up uh, at command this. Uh, there still might be some remnants of the Washington football addicts laying around. But uh, yeah, you'll see us on all, all the uh, major uh podcast platform you can also find us in all the other content creator streams because we like to you know we're friends of the show friends of ref the district and we like to jump in everyone's uh everyone's live streams everyone's comments because you know we're all we're all one big family here in the uh, washington content creator community so thanks for having me on no i appreciate you jumping on this has been episode 70 of ref the district don't forget to like this video subscribe to our channel let us know where do you want the stadium and what do you expect from otas as well we stream live every wednesday on facebook youtube and twitter at 7 30 p.m and we love to have people join in with us and until next time be a fan be a fan that's right we love washington uh-huh and we saw him die hard fans yeah we are you know we keep it on 10 one, I talk about two, the one two three the let's go and they gifted we are ref the district come on now and join us Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.